0: Welcome to episode 234 of Panelology.
1: I'm Alex. And I am Brian. How are you doing, Brian? Welcome Um, back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am actually doing really
0: well. Got some much-deserved vacation time? Much-needed vacation time?
1: Yeah, very, very definitely to all of those, yes.
0: Caught up on all your backlogged comics reading? Ah, you're cute. Well, there's a first time for me to hear everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we both had to play catch-up this week because uh, I didn't get most of my reading done last week for the Spooktacular. Ah. Okay. Little peek behind the curtain. Normally, we record those in like late September.
1: Yeah, like pretty early.
0: Yeah, and in doing it that way, it means that we can actually kind of stay caught up in comics the week it releases. And the following week is not normally a big rush to get 40 something issues.
1: Yeah. Cause we got, we kind of, we, we we're able to spread it out a little bit more. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, this year, however, the cards did not fall that way. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a weird reading week and we're going to hit stuff from this week today and stuff from last week and even at least one book from the week before that.
1: All right. Um, well, I mean, I've got four weeks of, of reading that I'm just kind of all throwing together at this point. So yeah. who knows where mind's coming from at this point? I don't even yeah. know.
0: <laughs> but uh, bear with us. And there are a lot of things that maybe actually will get shuffled into the next episode or two as well. Yeah. Um. For instance, Catwoman 26, which I think will be more fun to talk about with Brian then talk to brian at about yeah talk at brian about that's how words work sometimes if you're lucky but with no further ado dark knights death metal number
1: four. Oh, there we go yeah um back to the main series after a month off you know what though i i read um I read the Multiverse End one right before this one, and, I like, as much as I I, I like the main story, I like the, the add-ins equally as well. So um, it, it was nice to get back to the main story, though.
0: I yeah, think. I...
1: I was ready for it.
0: I was curious how you would feel about those tie because I think the last time we talked, we both said something to the effect of enjoying them as what yeah. they are, But being ready to see the story move forward, and Uh, I think four finally does that. So I I was curious how you felt about multiverse end, and
1: it very much. I I, I will. I think that's why. Well, one because I kind of have had a bit of a break here. Um, You know, it. it, I. It's all kind of fresh to me right now. Gotcha. Um, but the other thing is, multiverse's end. I think also did that. I think it moved the story forward more than some of these others have.
0: That's fair too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because like it had a very specific purpose that they were trying to accomplish, and you know we kind of see that full fruition in in this one in in number four here. Yeah, which so is yeah.
0: I would say four picks up where each of the three one shots from. Uh, the last month have left
1: off, right? That's exactly right, yes.
0: Uh, So we see the results of destroying the towers. We Mm -hmm. see where Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman not just wind up, but kind of how they deal with being where they're at. Yep. Uh, And then we get sort of the consequence of the Flashes getting the Mobius chair.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those consequences, definitely. (laughs) Yikes. Um... So yeah, the other thing, and I, I want to point this out, this is like at the bottom of page two. I was so happy to see Ambush Bug in this. Yes. <laughs> ah, Ambush Bug. Just just a nice confirmation that he still is in continuity in DC. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Um yeah, and then we definitely get uh then we get a few pages that kind of take us through the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman mm-hmm. locations. Right, and we kind of left off in the last one where they were going to, you know, it, these worlds in the dark multiverse where the where you know Crisis on Infinite earth, Final Crisis, and Infinite Crisis were happening, right? And they were going to capture that crisis energy right before the heroes were victorious. And we pointed out to them that uh, they made the horrible s- mistake of forgetting that yeah, in the dark multiverses, they're dark because the things did not go well. (laughs) Yeah. Oops. So, yeah. And flat out, straight up, 100%, Batman and Superman fail.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, it's all on Wonder Woman to just, like, talk her way out of everything being destroyed.
1: Well, and what I love is it did end up being a... It ended up being a role playing win, not a uh, combat win. Yes, right.
0: Yeah, that yeah. is. I'm gonna call that my second favorite part of this issue because, for reasons passing explanation, Jonah Hex and Harley Quinn remain the emotional core of this. Yeah, I,
1: I, baffling. Just <laughs> absolutely, but but not unwelcome. Just baffling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing I like about this series, possibly more than those two, is I still love Wonder Woman's hair. I can't get over it every time I see it. It is very, very good. Uh, like, I, like that needs to be for her hair forever now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Wonder Woman basically convinces Superboy Prime that he needs to help them instead of fighting against them so what essentially i mean the other ones are very you know apocalypse has taken over the and and basically is ruling the multiverse or the universe that superman ends up in yeah and and the anti-monitor is destroyed everything all of existence and the one and infinite Earth, right um and wonder woman ends up talking to superboy prime who has Essentially, what the reason that he's doing this is he's made a deal with The Batman Who Laughs that he has created a world where the ideals of each of these characters, think like, like 60s versions of them, Yeah. right, exist. And, you know, they're just the super friends, and they play with kids in the park, and they, you know, uh, it, they're the hostess fruit cup versions of these characters, right?
0: It's it's kind of like remember that episode of the Justice League cartoon where a group of the Justice League's members get thrown into this parallel world or whatever where it's yeah. like silver age off-brand versions of each of them? Yeah. Like that that is that kind of idealized Americana apple pie take that this reminds me of
1: yeah and so on this world like the heroes always win and they've pretty much vanquished evil and so like everyone's happy and does, and he has basically made a deal to preserve this world because he thinks there should be one good world and you know the heroes have changed from this idyllic version of themselves over the years and like wonder woman's like nope you're right we sure have but <laughs> you can't not change change is the only thing that That is constant, right?
0: Yeah, like, and I love her argument that, no, life gets more complex and more complicated as time goes on, and also as you grow up, and, like, you have to learn to change and deal with that, and you can still be true to what matters and react to the world differently.
1: Right. And she talks about how, you know, they can't, and this is, I think this is one of the key things that... You should keep in mind moving forward in this is, uh, you know, she goes, I want you to picture a multiverse where all worlds exist, an infinite multiverse stretching where each earth is unique, but they're all connected. So it makes me wonder if they're going back to this idea of an infinite multiverse.
0: I mean, I, there's a part of me that wants to even say that like Snyder has said that that is the end game of this. Yeah. And that may just be, I've filled in some blanks and read between some lines, honestly. Yeah. But I well, can't and, imagine that that's not the case.
1: And I think it goes back even further than that to Jeff Johns, some of his comments about uh, Rebirth, right? Yeah. Where they said the whole idea was to put everything back on the table in some way.
0: Well, and if you want to look at an even bigger picture, yeah. and I, I, this is almost maybe a weird called shot because I don't think this has ever been... True, but we got the news back at DC fandom that all of the movies and all of the TV shows, and I mean, really, if you go as far back as the Infinite Crisis crossover, right? Yeah. That's really, I think, the thing that started this ball rolling, where we saw just about every TV series that DC has put out represented in some way. Where we've seen the movies represented in some way, both like back to the the older 80s Batman movies and the 60s Burt Ward Batman and yep. all the way up to the most recent Flash. Like, all of that is a multiverse now. And my question becomes like, why have all of your film stuff in a multiverse but not have all the comics and cartoons as part of the same multiverse.
1: Yeah. I'll up you one even further than that, Alex. All the Marvel
0: <laughs> stuff is in continuity too?
1: Sort of. <laughs> in that one of the things that they uh that that, that was pointed out in the multiverse's end one, right? Mm-hmm. Is part of part of that one is uh Jon Stewart explaining to Owlman like a super brief history recap. Of the crises and and you know what happened with them, yeah right, and one of the things he mentions is you know when the source wall broke, right, it opened our the multiverse up to the what they would call the omniverse, right, right, and I think that, yeah, what you end up with is you end up with the d c multiverse that exists with these infinite possibilities, and you know one world is the arrow world and one world is the supergirl t v world yeah. and you know, all these different things that can exist. And by the way, that way, if they ever want to do comics in those, they can because they exist. Um But then when you talk about beyond the source wall, right, you have maybe you have other multiverses like the Marvel multiverse or anybody else they want to then cross over with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it gets a little fuzzy, too, because at one point uh, at one point, I want to say in the first uh 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 Dark Knight's Metal or maybe maybe no justice i don't know it all kind of blurs after a point right yeah um they talked yeah. about a multiverse of multiverses which was sort of right. the, the workaround for yes there are 52 earths but there are really more than that and those multiverses are their own multiverses like i don't know maybe at some point just all those bubbles burst and it's all one multiverse and the omniverse is what you're talking about or maybe that's what Omniverse means. Like,
1: or maybe this is how the characters are thinking of it, and they'll find out that yeah. it's really something different. Who knows? I, yeah, that, yeah like, like, We don't know the answers to that at this point. I, but I, I, I do think the core to take out of this is that really they are going to completely leave it wide open to be able to truly do and pull in anything that they want from anywhere. Yeah,
0: I think yep. that's definitely the case.
1: Yep. Um. And wow, what a what is this now? Three and a half years in the making, <laughs> something like that. Uh,
0: who, who really even knows how to count that? Because, like, what <laughs> I well, know, I know. Like, what they're doing now was not part of the rebirth plan. Like, I don't think that's. Uh, but a I shock do to think say.
1: I do think some of the core ideas that they had in the rebirth plan are part of this. Is yes, point. like yeah. I
0: think I think we're we're. Coming up on, in a very broad sense, a similar end game. Uh huh. But I think it's probably going to look a little different and has definitely been executed in a different way than what was originally planned.
1: Hey, Alex, now we just need to find the Earth where the whole rebirth plan did happen just to see what. what, what... I mean, <laughs> in an infinite multiverse, it has to exist. Exactly. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, Wonder Woman talks Superboy Prime into basically kind of joining their side. And the interesting thing about that is um he comes back with them.
0: Yeah, which this uh, is kind of outside uh, of my realm of knowledge. The I I I know uh, the the major beats with Superboy Prime gets mad, punches reality, brings Jason Todd back to life. That's it. <laughs> That's about
1: all I know. I mean, the, you got the important parts of it, sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, so, you, you do realize we kind of now have three Superboys that are running around, right? No, we
0: have. Th- Wait, hang on. How many do we have? No, we have three. You're right. I was gonna, yeah. I I was not. For some reason, I was counting John twice.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Well, because John just grew up. That's yeah. Kind of. Yeah. We have yeah, John. We have. We have- you have John, you have Connor Connor, and, uh, you and... have Superboy prime, yeah Clark, the,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is a uh Superman variant coming out next week with like a more realistically drawn Superman Superboy Supergirl, and Connor on it, and looking at a realistically drawn Connor, all I can picture is Jughead from Riverdale as Superboy, oh and I need it now. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh i don't know
0: yeah
1: Uh, but yeah and then we end with uh with with somebody uh somebody pulling a batman trick uh to hey you're gonna send all this here yeah i knew you were gonna do that i i I rerouted it to me
0: talk about about a game of musical chairs right
1: oh my god yeah so uh and uh, this i mean the last comment is basically he's going to create what he's calling the last 52 which is one of the one shots that's going to be coming up? Yep. Yeah.
0: Um. Before we totally move on from Death Metal Four, have you have you noticed the ad in the back of it? Like, th- there's uh, a page featuring something in the back of it.
1: I'm I'm looking at it right now again because I did notice this earlier when I was reading this. So I. I know
0: I, I'm not <laughs> um, sure that photographic is the right word for, for how my memory works, but I'm good at like recalling images. And I know I've looked at this page because like the graphic layout of it uh uh-huh. was familiar to me, but I had not stopped and read the words on this page. Oh, but but boy does your world change when you do. So I I read this page this week and then went and looked up the concept album essentially that it is talking about and you can see a video for the first episode online it's like lines and dialogue from death metal number one acted out uh which unfortunately does not include the character who i think is is the source of the tone of both of our voices
1: uh, that would have to be Superman. Yeah. Yes, that would yeah. be. Um,
0: okay. I am a little bummed that you did, in fact, look closely at this because I was going to try to make you guess. <laughs> um, oh, oh,
1: hundred years wouldn't have guessed this person. No chance. Well, uh, <laughs> no chance. I Although, although I can give people... What I would consider to be a good hint and pointing them down the right path to making a guess.
0: Well, before you do that, hang on, hang okay. on real quick.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not going to yet.
0: I messaged <laughs> Jin. And I said to her, uh, let me find it. I need you to guess, knowing that there is almost no chance any sane person would ever get this right, who voices Superman? She asks me to point her in a direction. I say, I'm guessing wrong isn't helpful. One of this person's best-known credits includes the word knight in its title. To which she responds, no, no, they didn't, no, no. Yeah, apparently that was too good of a hint, because everyone I gave that hint got it in one.
1: My hint was going to be, um, it is not the failed, um... Uh, Nicolas Cage as Superman. But if you think of Nicolas Cage as Superman, you're definitely headed in the right direction. Like, keep going past that, and you may arrive at this person.
0: (laughs) It's David fucking Hasselhoff. (laughs) It's David Hasselhoff. (laughs) Which brings me to my next question. Is he now the oldest person to play
1: Superman? Oh, uh... He is 68. Yeah, because he's older than George Reeves was, yeah. And that would have been... Yeah. The next
0: time the Arrowverse does a crossover, if they do not bring David <laughs> fucking Hasselhoff on as Superman, I'm done.
1: I mean, because, you know... And yeah. they
0: have to give him a musical
1: number. Oh, shit. Okay, I, now you now you're going too far, sir. Um, but yeah, I, like first of all, I don't even know why this 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 thing that they have done exists. But then, like, what? well, what? <laughs> I think,
0: and I may be wrong here, but I think it may be a little bit Greg Capullo's doing because he well, has a music background and loose connections too, among other people, Zach Wild. Who has written some of the music for? This. Well, he 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 voices a character in this too. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. I saw Scott oh. Snyder was who was yeah. who was he voicing? Sergeant Rock.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I I like just to experience this. I I I kind of can't wait.
0: Well, you can go to whatever URL is on there, and it is in fact,
1: DC Death dot world.
0: Uh, this episode comes out on the twenty sixth of October, yep. I believe. Chapter two, which I'm hoping has Superman in it, comes out on the twenty seventh. Okay, because uh, only chapter one was there when I looked on. Got it. Got it. Yeah,
1: I. Uh, it, it is definitely something. Like I said, I was I was reading books prepping for today and saw this and i was like oh I, well, that will have to get checked out after yeah. after recording is done yeah
0: i don't know who any of the <sighs> other people doing voices in this are i imagine
1: metal um, music. There's a couple of them that i recognize the names but i can't remember where from i may do a quick look up while yep. we're
0: uh anyway it's it's well past time to move on from that it is absolutely Uh, very quickly the death metal robin king one shot this issue i think on the one hand i would call it more of a character study than than anything that pushes the plot forward a lot we do get like the explanation of how how the robin king kept his personality after becoming a robin and like we get to see the process by which the batman who lefts made his robins um but this is split between the robin king basically taking down all the heroes on his world and his fight with harley and jonah hex and swamp thing and even i think the moment right after the trinity get back from their crisis universes right um but this really kind of delves into the robin king's motivation which is basically to say hey all you kids out there we don't need adults to set norms and tell us how to live which is not the take i expected but i think works really well um and like creates creates a conflict between him and the batman who laughs that on the one hand like you can definitely see why they're on the same team, but on the other hand, maybe the Robin King is not as loyal as he seems. Um, I think this this feels like something that will pay off in the future in a pretty big way. Okay. Uh then Justice League 55 after everyone gets caught in the Starro field, Lex and Nightwing work together to save the team basically. That's kind of the whole issue. Um it is a really sad issue for Detective Chimp.
2: Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just gonna warn everyone on that, and now we can move on from Dark Knight's Death Battle.
1: Yeah, I will just say the 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 other name that I did recognize, uh, which is the person is Charles Fleischer, and I was like, I do, I know, I know that name, so I did look him up. He is a comedian and actor from mostly known probably from the 80s. Hmm. stuff from some 80s stuff and like if you he's one of those if you see his face you'll go oh yeah he but he's been in everything from Nightmare on Elm Street to Who Framed Roger Rabbit to Polar Express to like uh, just a ton of stuff gotcha yeah yeah, yeah.
0: alright now for anyway. something considerably more upbeat Rorschach number one
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah this one was I, I like it but it it did not start off like I would have expected it to. Same. I prob I probably should have. Now <laughs> like now knowing what it is, like I probably should have thought of it and said, Okay, yeah, this makes more sense. It's it is very, very Noir esque.
0: Yes. And I think I think I like the idea of King working in Noir, which is not we've seen him tell sti- spy stories in Grayson. Right. Yep. but i don't think we've seen in, seen him work in something totally noir and i i dig that
1: i do too so this starts with essentially the whole premise of this which is i, I mean that'll summarize this whole first issue because this whole thing is is basically set up of the story is there had there's a, an election coming up between redford right and uh Who's the the other person that's running against him? I can't remember the name now, but it's like all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Turley, right? And there's a rally where this Turley person is speaking, and there's essentially an assassination attempt that is foiled at this rally. And the two people who were who were the you know attempted assassins were uh, this girl named Laura Cummings, and, who was dressed in like a cowgirl type outfit Mm -hmm. who is not a character that we know, right? Right. That I know of. Uh, And somebody dressed as Rorschach.
0: Now, I remember seeing in an interview, the source material for this book is the original Watchmen. Uh Uh-huh. That, I don't know if it draws intentionally on the HBO show, but they did say that it would not, they would do their best not to conflict with anything in the HBO show. Right. And the other primary reference for this is the Watchmen tabletop role playing guidebook.
1: Oh my word! Uh, oh, okay. I now that I have, I can tell you flat—I have no experience whatsoever with.
0: I was curious. Um, I didn't even know it existed until I read that interview.
1: I don't. It seems like I probably did know that it existed and purposefully avoided it because it sounded like something that would just make me upset.
0: (laughs) Now I have the Authority tabletop role playing guidebook, okay, but I was not aware of the Watchman one.
1: Okay, um, but yeah, so uh, and so there's this person that is investigating, you know, who these people really are, and you know, like why they were trying to assassinate, and there's a couple of questions about like. You know, the Secret Service, instead of like going through a door, blew a hole in the wall on the other side of this catwalk to get to these people. Yeah. And yet they supposedly were only supposed to think this was like a possibly a crank call, like, and not know that it was serious. So there's, there's a lot, there's some questions is the though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, we also get flashbacks throughout the issue. Uh huh. Each of which is colored in a different color. Yes. And I had to wonder if, like, the timeline is Roy G. Biv. Oh. Like, do that's the flashbacks. Because that's, that's a tool that I've seen some colorists use here and there. Like, Megan Wilson used it in an issue of Unstoppable Wasp. There was something this week, too, that did it. Um, I'm blanking on what. Oh, Fantastic Four did okay. it this week. Um... But I wonder if, like, there's an implied kind of timing to each of them, because we see them with narration from present day over. Right. But I wonder if, like, there's a sequence that also makes sense that's not what they imply, that is, here's your hint, it's all in, it's all on the the color wheel, right? Right.
1: And then, you know, and then I'm not going to say what it is, but there's a fairly large bombshell dropped on the last page. Yes. Yeah. But uh, this looks really good. And here's the other thing. We don't know who, this person that's doing the investigation, do we?
0: Unless it's supposed to be one of the cops from the original?
1: I don't Maybe think so. so. Maybe so. Uh, yeah, I, I would have to go back and and. But and,
0: I'd also expect him to be older than he looks.
1: Right. That's fair. That's very yeah. fair. And uh, so I will say there is one, like it, you were saying, you know, they're not going to contra- try not to contradict the HBO show, right? Yeah. There's one comment that is a, a single comment that's made that uh, made me think of the, the TV show and that's something about um even after Oklahoma
0: yeah I yeah. picked up on right. that too and I haven't even yeah. watched the show yet right so uh
1: but yeah this is uh i, I don't I don't dislike this at all so far yeah no um, I'm very I, into it i, I certainly don't think there's enough here for me to make a judgment one way or the other yet, but I don't, you know, it, it hasn't done anything to upset me yet. I'll go that.
0: <laughs> How about Dune House Atreides? Number one,
1: Ooh, Dune House Atreides. Um, I, that enjoy-
0: incidentally is the unit of measure by which I consume Oreos. Yeah. I'll have a <laughs> Well done,
1: sir. Well done. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed this a lot. That being said, I I don't know that you even could have followed this if you don't know the story of Dune and very specifically even maybe have read this book, House Atreides. Mm. Um,
0: So this is an adaptation of an existing Dune book?
1: It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, there's the Dune series, and I won't go into what all of those are, but uh, not long ago, I, I say not long ago, in the terms of books, not long ago, it was probably, uh, I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago, something, I don't know, so in that time frame-ish.
0: February,
1: March? Right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson, Brian Herbert being Frank Herbert's son. Uh, wrote a series of books uh, House Atreides, House Harkonnen, and uh, the Butlerian Jihad, I think, was part of the... I can't remember exactly. It's been a, a long time. But yeah, they wrote books which were basically telling of the time immediately before, like, and the leading up to of uh, the Dune stuff. Gotcha. Right. Um... And this, yeah, this is an adaptation of that first one, and if you don't know that story and haven't read that, it's going to seem like kind of just a hodgepodge of scenes that are just thrown together, I think. Mm. That being said, if you do know the story, it's kind of cool, because it's just kind of cool to see an adaptation of some of these characters.
0: Cool. Yeah. How about Commanders in Crisis, number one?
1: (sighs) This is an interesting book. Uh, So, this is from Image. Um, It is, and go back here real quick. Uh, It is uh, by Steve Orlando. And uh, the art is by uh, David Tinto, uh, who is also credited as creator as well as artist. So, Um, uh, there's the, uh, he did the primary cover. And one of the covers, which I also got, was, of course, (laughs) Stefan (laughs) Shea.
2: Because
1: I had to. Of course. Um, but this is an interesting book where essentially, and uh, Dan Didio actually wrote kind of an introduction page on the, like a, you know, a forward to this. And he talks about how it's really hard to keep track of all of the characters and, you know, plot it out and give each character their moment in these huge crossover books, right? And that essentially what Orlando was trying to do here is do that at the same time that he's actually introducing these characters who we have no <laughs> idea who they are. He said, so hats off, good luck, go. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I actually think he does a pretty good job. And it's not cool. its not nearly as wild as a, an actual crossover event um, because it mainly is able to focus in on this one team of, of characters um, and introduce us to them. Uh, and the idea is that With the exception of one of them, each of these characters was uh, the only survivor of their version of Earth, where this crisis formed, and their world was wiped out. And this one character here, whose name is uh, Frontier, was able to basically pull them to her Earth. Right. Uh, Each of them on their Earth was the president. (laughs) at one point um including nina who is frontier uh was a former the first female president on this earth Um, hence
0: the name commanders in crisis
1: correct yeah that's and that that, it's why i point this out right uh on earth j uh noah Rowe, who is prize fighter was earth's first american gay president uh scarlet uh scarlet davis who is seer who has like quantum ability oh uh prize (laughs) fighter I love this one. Uh, it is essentially, you know, a Superman-esque type character, right? Super strength, kind of invulnerability and all that. But basically his powers are derived from and charged up by uh, people supporting and promoting and applauding and cheering him on.
0: He's Tinkerbell.
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially. Uh, uh, Earth K is America's first black woman president, uh, and that's Scarlett Davis. She is Seer and she has quantum abilities that she can use but they cause issues (laughs) as in she gets drained of power and will at some point run out and then has to deal with these like quantum visions that she has as she recharges kind of thing uh there is uh ignacio mendez who is sawbones on earthy he was america's first uh latino president um and he is not a doctor but he can essentially see into people and tell what's wrong with them which also includes like when he's fighting being able to tell what people's weaknesses are like with internal organs and stuff so cool. he can hit them yeah uh there is a Shimuri Shamasi who is uh, originator she is <laughs> she is the most interesting power on earth eight she's America's first Pakistani woman president uh and her name is originator and <laughs> She has the ability to create new words that then cause reality to change for a period of time.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, So think of it like um, creating a new word on Twitter that changes the zeitgeist for a period. (laughs) But like she just speaks it and it comes into being. And then there's um and then there's Frontier, who was the first woman president on this this last existing earth that we know of yeah and she has pulled them in because they all know what it's like to lose their world and they're all trying to fight on, on this world to preserve and that's our introduction that's what we get and you know there's a like a page of fighting and that kind of stuff but mostly it's that and that is our first issue Yeah. cool i i i dig this so far Yeah. so
0: is it is it trying to do like a sort of black hammer pastiche where every character has some recognizable analog at DC and Marvel? Or... I don't
1: think so. Okay. Not really. Cool. Um Yeah, these characters like the, the 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 most of like that would be Prize Fighter, right? Yeah. The rest of these are not immediately recognizable as somebody else. No.
0: Cool. Nope. How about champions? We talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Um,
1: or, you know, many months ago, depending on how you look at it.
0: I mean, look, time is a construct and always in flux.
1: Well, the reason is because this feeds out of Outlawed, right?
0: Well, there's also that, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's why I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, wow. I simultaneously enjoyed and did not like parts of this. Yeah? Yeah.
0: That um, that feels in line with what I said, which was I like I like the way this is written. I like some of the ideas here, but I still I still don't know if the whole outlawed Kamala's law thing needed to happen for me. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: and like the, the I think and, and plus I think they kind of overdid it in a couple of like it's a little too heavy handed in a couple of things, like the kid who you know the principal yells at him and says that he's in violation of school code now just because he's wearing a hoodie that had a champion's logo on it. Yeah. Right. Like, was that necessary? Like, like,
0: but at the same time, like I, 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 I actually liked that moment because I remember the sort of school principals, vice principals, teachers, whatever, using dress code bullshit to like single out students. Um, I came from a high school with a high Latinx population, and kids would wear, like, soccer jerseys, and there were some kids who no one ever said anything to them, but the kids who kind of, like, had the reputation for being troublemakers or whatever, teachers would say, oh, well, that jersey has... This this beer logo that isn't for any beer manufacturer in the U.S. that no one really recognizes on it. You need to go home, and change. Like that kind of nonsense. I remember enough that that actually felt like a grounded moment to me.
1: I'm not saying it's not unreal. It just felt it, it like, and maybe it was just the way it was. It felt very heavy handed in portraying people going way over the top as to. And I get that there are people that would do that and react that way, but like, I don't
0: know. Yeah, no, um, I I, yeah. I I think I get where you're coming from. I just yeah, I can see and, that I can see that moment going either way.
1: And then the other one that I do have a problem with because I just don't know that she would have done it is Kamala basically makes this big public broadcast statement for all of the champions without ever having talked to any of them about it, and that does not seem like her to me.
0: Yeah, that that is difficult.
1: Like I, I I could see her making that statement for herself, right? Yeah. Without without telling anybody else, but like just that like that's part of her thing is she's not going to speak for other people without knowing that they're okay with it. Yeah. So. Uh the other thing that I had a, a question about is uh, how old is Doreen Green? 1819? Okay, I don't know why. I always thought she was older than that. I always thought she was like twenty one, twenty two.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure the first issue of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is her starting her first year in college.
1: Okay, and so um, yeah, the other thing is I, I don't know that were we ever given an age that is considered minors for this.
0: I think it's twenty one. I think okay. it's. All right. If you're so under then may, 21, then it does
1: make to, sense for her to be here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I
0: I, I kind of had that same moment because I do not. I think this is that weird thing that happens in comics where like you have sort of like a, a graduating class of teenage characters who feel just so much older than others. Like, yeah, and, like and I, it I, tends to correlate to when they were were introduced. So, like, if you asked me, like, Squirrel Girl would be older than young or than the young Avengers, who would be older than uh the champions but really like they're all kind of intermingled and there's not that much age difference between any of them
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess that fits. But yeah, we have we have uh Moon Girl and Wasp and Power Pack and you know, all of the former champions and all of those folks here who they basically they have a conversation with Kamala from her hospital bed. And there's some disagreement about how things should be handled. Yeah. And what they should be doing. Specifically between Nova and uh, Red Scarab. Yeah. And I think that's going to lead to something. I definitely think that's going somewhere. Uh, and then this new enforcement arm called Cradle shows up. Tradle. Tradle, yes. Which all I can think of when, when they when they said Cradle was Tradle, Tradle, Tradle. <laughs>
0: glad it's not just me okay um
1: but uh who you know basically is enforcing this underage teenage vigilante you know outlaw thing yeah uh and they show up to bust it up and wasp gets caught by them some don't think i'm okay with but um
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh meg and i both said when, when we talked about this issue pretty much like Nadia had better be okay. Do not dare hurt our sweet, precious Nadia.
1: Oh, my word. Right? Um, but, yeah, so, and we, and then it's very clear that somebody turned in this meeting. And like yeah. kind of fibbed out on them. And in I, what I will say is kudos, and in a well-done job, they do not try to hide that or make that a big thing. They tell us flat out at the end of this who it is.
0: Except I still think there's a twist.
1: Oh, of course I think there is too, but because... I'm saying, I'm glad it's, I'm glad that's not the twist. Yeah. How's that?
0: I mean, I don't know. I feel like the twist is going to be, no, it was Viv 2.0, the evil version of Viv who exists somewhere out there still.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which I, th- they pretty much came to terms with each other, I thought, but maybe not, I don't eh. I Well, I mean, because the other thing is it could be Viv feeling guilty about this whole thing. Yeah, And the fact that Kamala got hurt. And uh, now here's, here's this is the one thing that I, I this is what will completely turn me off. Here's, the, here's their one chance to not do something that's going to make me think that, wow, they really just didn't learn anything. And that is, if Viv is doing this because she thinks that her actions got Nadia hurt, and now she knows best, and for their own good, she's going to... Support this law and be against, you know, the rest of her teammates about this. You're just turning it into champion civil war. Yeah. And in which case, isn't that exactly why they were created, was to not do that shit?
0: Well, and I think the other thing, too, that I am willing to chalk up to just being a consequence of the way all of the outlawed stuff got pushed back on the schedule, I could not stop thinking about that scene in avengers aftermath for for empire Uh uh-huh where tony and cap and thor are all standing around talking about how yeah that civil war thing was a mistake we really should support the kids right yeah like where is okay technically cap does show up in miles morales but beyond like a senator calls him to bust everyone out of jail where are they Pushing back against this.
1: Yeah, I don't... Yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I, I did think it was funny. Somebody points out, well, there is a loophole if you can find a mentor. Right? And, like, we find out Patriot has already signed up to be a... a, a, a You know, essentially what amounts to the sidekick, right? Of yeah. Falcon, right? Of, uh, But, uh... Somebody says... Yeah, but have you seen the list of men- mentors? Nobody wants to end up with D Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that, that made me laugh.
0: That was that was
1: a good moment. Um, um, so I am, I am optimistically okay with this so far. I, I, it there. Are, I have concerns that you know, they, they need to avoid, but we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of Empire's Fallout, Fantastic Four, number
1: 25.
0: Uh, Remind me, Brian, are you, are you reading this series?
1: I am not reading Fantastic Four. I did read it during Empire though. So.
0: So granted, we have talked about the fact that you have a lot of, of, of backlog to manage. There is a lot of stuff from empire that Mm -hmm. feels like it's continuing here and this seems like it's probably gearing up for something big down the road
1: i I, this is where i would expect empire to continue given given what we how it ended yeah absolutely well
0: spoiler alert i'm going to talk about guardians of the galaxy after this and it continues some in there too okay um it might be worth jumping on this book it's it's your call uh, here are some of the things that this book deals with some sort of multiversal omniversal entity is stealing the most secure lock boxes on earth, looking for something. Nobody knows what since nobody, nobody knows what Nick Fury Jr. Has Sue storm agent of shield, former shield. I don't know. Uh, Go to the Lo- Varian Embassy to steal the lockbox Doom has hidden behind a portrait of his mother. Um The last time Sue saw Doom, if you, well, you may, you weren't reading this, so you won't recall. Readers may recall that uh she made his mask invis- invisible on a global television
1: broadcast. Oh, I do remember that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... But this entity attacks anyway, so they team up, Victor and Victorious and uh, Sue, and Victor just lets the entity take his safe, and then turns to Sue and says, yeah, uh, we need to go talk to your husband, because he's coming for him next. Sue's response, of course, is, Reed has no secrets from me.
1: <laughs> Sorry, did like, I laughed that out loud?
0: <laughs> like, like he... Like, you have no secrets from him, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Okay, yeah, we better go. Uh, It turns out that there is, in fact, a secret chest locked up in the old Baxter building because it is immovable, locked to a fixed point in space. So the Fantastic Four and Franklin go to deal with it. They take Franklin because he's the only one who has the power to fight off this entity.
1: Okay. Only because it's Reed and his big scientific and, you know, like the, but, but you realize if it was a truly a fixed point in space, it wouldn't stay in the Baxter building, right?
0: Yes, that is, in fact, the first thing I thought when he said
1: fixed point in space. Because, you know, like the world's spinning and like moving and like around the sun, like all all kinds of things are moving. All time
0: travel is space travel. Yeah. (laughs) I assume by fixed he meant geosynchronous. (laughs) <laughs> okay it is in low low altitude geosynchronous orbit
1: <laughs> just just throwing that out there
0: yeah no i'm I'm with you um but he leaves valeria at home to babysit joe and nikki and alicia to babysit all of them nobody can deal with this entity except franklin who ends up burning out the last of his powers uh-oh um, which is going to be important in a moment. Valeria being Valeria spies through the comm system in the Baxter building to find out what's going on. Oh, also the Baxter building gets completely demolished by this thing and the replacement Fantastic Four, the Fantastics, are covered in rubble. Um, Valeria immediately realizes the solution to the problem after going and looking up what's in the box on her father's computer and takes the... Omniversal, not omniversal, but the anywhere in the universe teleporter she's working on that she's cobbling together from all the like, uh, uh, the Cree OmniWave broadcaster and some crocoan gate material and all this stuff that's mm-hmm. turned up lately that she's hodgepodging together. She takes that gate and basically has it absorb what is. What turns out to be in the box is the original energy wave that creates and reforms universes in the Marvel universe, like the the zero energy wave that is responsible for the formation of the first universe and that gets broadcast to every time it, okay. it resets, because canonically Marvel is in its eighth universe.
1: Right, right, right. Like the thing that destroyed it that Galactus was the only survivor yes. of and yeah, yeah, that whole thing
0: um galactus i think was from the sixth and then survived into the seventh and we're in the eighth after secret wars oh okay right yeah right right, right. um so she contains it but now this gate which can take you anywhere in the universe anytime instantaneously is stuck on this low altitude geosynchronous fixed point in space there where the baxter building used to be so now the Fantastic Four is moving back to the Baxter building, um, which is a pile of rubble. So, like, the end of this issue is literally Reed and Sue sitting under, like, a canopy tent like you see in a graveyard, uh, outside of this gate, just standing watch. Uh, Ben and Alicia decide, maybe we should just homeschool Joe and Nikki. Because, a good choice. Because, uh their perception of what you do as a normal human teenager in American school is gonna be dangerous.
1: I mean, either that or send them to Strange Academy, right? That
0: would yeah. be <laughs> the last thing those two need is magic. <laughs> That's fair. Um, But then Ben makes the comment, well, it'll be okay. Look how well Valeria and Franklin turned out. And then we cut to the two of them. V- Valeria has, like, covered her entire bedroom in whiteboards and is like on this manic high because she has solved a problem that her father couldn't solve in 10 years containing this energy. While Franklin is like ripped down all of the posters of mutant performers that were on his walls earlier in the issue and just despondent because not only has he lost his powers, the gates will no longer recognize him as mutant. So he no longer has his Krakoan identity that had that he had just started exploring either. So, like, they're both left in really bad places, Um, as this gate is now, like, just in the middle of New York for anything to come through or anyone to try to go through. To,
1: to be fair, that doesn't mean that uh, Franklin and Valeria turned out poorly, because, uh, I mean, that, that's just run-of-the-mill for anybody involved with supers and the Marvel. Well, universe. yeah,
0: and, I like, I mean, teenagers face identity crises. Well, that's uh, right, yeah, right,
1: yeah. exactly, exactly.
0: But that's kind of the, the, look how great these two kids are doing when they're, like, at probably the lowest point we've seen them, really.
1: Yeah, I do have, uh, well, oh, never mind. I answered my own question. I was about to say, I wonder why Nadia didn't invite Valeria to girl. And then it, I realized, oh, right, because she was, like, traveling around the multiverse yeah. and not available, right? Yeah.
0: I still need them to team up, though. I know. Um, and this leaves me the post credit scene for this issue, which takes place on the moon. Did you ever get to read Fantastic Four Fallout, Brian? Yes. Uh, do you remember who showed up at the end of that?
1: Uh, I do. Big head, purple cape? Yep, 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 yep.
0: So the this scene takes place immediately after that. Um, Uatu has returned, and recognizes these weapons from empire as being like a direct threat to the watchers who are the only thing of the universe older than whatever made these weapons and enlists nick fury as his private soldier to go fight this war og nick fury right og nick fury formerly the unseen yeah so that's part of why i say like i think this is building up to something big oh yeah like continuity wide big yeah uh guardians of the galaxy number seven is a much quicker thing to break down i just love it so much there is a pan galactic uh uh basically Gargle blaster e- <laughs> yes <laughs> like a a a sort of nascent pangalactic UN meeting. Uh where the major species from across the universe each get to send a representative. So say you are Earth. Who would you send if you're Earth? And Carol Danvers is busy? Um Cap, maybe? Close. He is a captain. He is the captain of the Nova Corps. He is Richard Ryder.
1: Oh, okay. Sure.
0: Um, we know who the Kree representative is, or who the, the Skrull representative is. The Kree, there's a pair from the Kree Skrull Empire, one Kree, one Skrull. Clerk is there because he was named ambassador in Empire.
1: Okay, right. Oh, from, right, yes. He has to be a diplomat, right, yeah.
0: From the Kree Utopians is Marvel Boy. Which is why this is a Guardians of the Galaxy issue. It's Marvel Boy and, and Richard Rider, who are both in Guardians right now. Um, the running joke through this issue is that Marvel Boy's, uh, formal diplomatic wear for the Kree Utopia, the traditional Kree Utopian diplomatic wear, is basically an adamant costume. Oh shit! A-D-A-M, not A-T-O-M.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, yes. I knew exactly yeah. who you meant.
0: Um, and here is why I wanted to talk about this issue, at least to mention it, because this is so, like left field for guardians of the galaxy which means it's going to be great for guardians of the galaxy marvel boy ends up being framed for two murders in a locked room mystery sort of way and richard rider says you know this is an earth matter we just agreed to use these these rules for international diplomacy that means i need to deal with him and someone else says well can you do that objectively well no but by that by 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 your definition of objectively none of us can do this objectively well who is here is not human has no ties to earth and can investigate this rocket rocket raccoon who has been sleeping off a hangover for the entire issue shambles in on the last page
1: <laughs> that was an easy call
0: it was well, i mean especially since al Ewing wrote the rocket book yeah. last. Yeah. um and keeps picking up threads from it i could not be more excited about the where this is going if they paid me um which they wouldn't have to because i'll spend my own money on it ha huh. unless they want to send review copy if you're listening marvel i will take review copy
1: we will absolutely do that
0: it goes for anybody who's not comics gate or nazi affiliated anyway
1: uh yes, super
0: excited for that. Great issue. More Fallout of Empire. Love it. Love it. On to Ten of
1: Swords. Ooh boy, here we go. I read right. a lot of this.
0: <laughs> you did. Um we are for official purposes going to start with Hellions, but do you wanna do you wanna weigh in on anything that happened before that?
1: So I I can tell you that I started literally at the point right when uh I think it's part 2 where they start gathering the the champions and their swords.
0: Yeah, you were last here for part 1 creation.
1: Correct. Um yeah. and can I tell I mean this Anybody that knows me, anybody that has listened to this podcast, this comes as no shock, no surprise, how ridiculously happy I am that they didn't even, like, they, they didn't even have to give her a story. They just <laughs> were like, yeah, we got these ten champions, oh, and here's the prophecy, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, magic is the first one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no question. Like,
1: oh, you, you you need someone to fight, and they need a sword? Well, okay, well, where's magic fit in? That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So she's like the first one to hit her symbol and, and activate it and all that. Um Uh How Great is solemn Oh my god. Amazing. Oh my god. I like hands down my favorite of the Oroca's Orokas. Oroka's Aroco. Uh Oroko's champion. Yes. Um, hands down. Orinoco Flow. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and the fact that he is Logan's opposite is just makes it that much better. Yeah,
0: I remember Ben Percy like tweeting that he was trying to come up that he was going to be introducing Wolverine's equivalent of Loki, and I was like, "There's no way that'll work. That that's insane to me." <laughs> no, I'll admit when
1: I'm wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong because this guy's amazing.
0: Solemn is great. Give me a Solemn solo series.
1: I uh, don't be surprised if we get that by the way but I
0: I won't. I'll be um, I'll be more surprised if we don't.
1: Well, and the fact that I what I love about it is uh, he doesn't he doesn't hate or is jealous of Wolverine or anything else. He's just like he kind of likes Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. Um so yeah, so we get uh, Wolverine gets a Muramasa blade again. You Oops.
0: get a more and you get a more <laughs>
1: Nope, No, just the two of them, just Solomon and and Logan. I, I didn't they, say everyone. Right. Um and so they 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 get uh they, they both get that. Storm goes to Wakanda. That was I actually love, a that I was a great issue. issue. Or Vita Iowa. Uh, nope, just one. Okay. I I think she went there in one and then the story actually happened in one.
0: Nope, yeah. it was all in one. Was it? That was one issue. What it was said? just a very well-paced issue.
1: Okay. But uh man was that good. That was so good. Uh cuz she has to get essentially what is the most prized artifact possession of Wakanda. Yeah. And you know, it, it's it, it was super easy to forget that she was married to Chikala and was a queen there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I...
0: That issue was tragic and wonderful and I love it very much.
1: And I love how they're dealing with the fallout of it all too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh super super good. Uh we get uh Doug Ramsey and that's, Warlock.
0: That's New Mutants, though. We're
1: gonna get there. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah. Uh so next would have been what? Uh Hellions. That is where we begin. <laughs> okay, that is where we begin. So <laughs> Mr. Sinister comes up with this brilliant plan to, um, that you know, the champions have to get these, the specific people have to get these specific swords and activate their runes so that they can meet for this contest. And he gets the, the brilliant idea of, well, you know, if we steal one of the swords that they have to get, then they won't be, they will basically not be able to show up and they'll have to forfeit. And, yeah. And we don't have to fight and we still win. Why why do this the right way when we could cheat? Um, to which um surprisingly enough the quiet council agrees. With with a caveat, they're gonna send Sinister along too. <laughs> and can I say so there has to be five votes in order for it to pass and there's only four? And Mr. Sinister's like, Okay, well thank goodness da 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 and then insults Magneto <laughs> And goes, Polaris. And Polaris. Actually, he really insults Polaris, which offends Magneto. And Magneto goes, "Yeah, I'm going to change my vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, you need to now lead this team on, on this mission."
0: I, I love this version of Sinister so much. Yeah, and every everything he does in this issue is just golden. Between it is. I mean, which the argument with himself.
1: himself to figure out which one of his clones is going.
0: Yes. <laughs> to trading his cape for a horse
1: <laughs> yep to Jamie Braddock right
0: <laughs> oh Jamie Braddock Jamie Braddock you absolute
1: piece Mad of man? shit <laughs> yes yeah cause he's gonna be back again later um yeah so yeah they're going on this mission to try to do this and I, I just I can't even like you just know it's gonna go badly
0: Well, and, like, the thing I love about the way this whole series is set up is, like, they're gonna turn up like a bad penny.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: We're gonna be in the middle of something, and they're just gonna show up and ruin shit, and it's gonna be glorious, because Mr. Sinister.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Pretty much. Well, and the rest of them. None of the rest of them are any better, hardly. Well,
0: no, but I love this version of Mr. (laughs) Sinister.
1: I do, too. I really, really do. I'm 100% with you on that. Um, so yeah, so that's the, yeah, I mean, you just said, uh, the other thing that we need to point out is they did realize that, uh, when Rockslide was killed on oh, Otherworld. Oh yeah, this was
0: X-Factor. That's the one we were missing.
1: There you go. Which was, that was the, uh, uh. That was part two. Oh, right. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. That was part two. Uh, that they realized that because he died on Otherworld, that.
0: He came back, but he came back wrong.
1: Yeah, that it basically <laughs> this corrupted is and... Pet Cemetery. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not even. I'm just gonna keep going like you didn't even say that. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. That it's the
0: episode title now.
1: Because in Otherworld, because it's the nexus of all realities, et cetera, et cetera. That, like, if they bring someone back who died in Otherworld. They will come back, and it will be them. But it is somehow—it's—it's it's like going to a character creation screen and hitting the random button. Yep. Like you get pieces of them from all possibilities of all worlds to create the new one. And you know what I say to that?
0: Let's reroll Scott
1: Summers. <laughs> Here's the thing: you realize this is not the only person this is going to happen to.
0: Oh no, it has to happen to someone.
1: Yeah. So at least um, one sum. Right. So the the but the point being they have essentially halted all resurrection they, they temporarily halted all resurrections until they figured out what it was and now destroyed they, all the eggs. Right. Now that they know what it is, uh essentially they have banned anyone from going to other world um and obviously, you know, they're making exceptions like for this mission. But understand that if anybody dies while on Other World while on this they will not come back, or certainly will not come back as who they are now.
0: Yeah. This basically makes them X-Men Suicide Squad.
1: Exactly. I, I was I was that was the point I was getting to is Congratulations, the Hellions are now mutant suicide squad.
0: <laughs> I also want to know, like, with, with the Hellions, you really can't I mean, I, I'm sure there's a way to, for
1: them to come back worse, but the <laughs> odds are almost
0: like they'll be an improvement.
1: Uh, yeah, like, let me, let me, I'll, I'll say it this way: like, if you're rolling random numbers to generate these people, right? You, the odds are with you. You're gonna improve them. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'll say it.
0: Yeah. We also learn here that Sinister definitely has a secret clone farm and <laughs> is in fact bribing people like Jamie. Yeah, with. Their own backup secret clones. Uh-huh. No way Ugh. that goes badly. No. He says, having read the House of
1: X and Powers of Ten. Not at all. So, we don't have a resolution to this yet. This team is still out there doing their thing. We'll find out what happens at some point in this story. Yep. Meanwhile, in New
0: Mutants, we get one of Alex's favorite X-Men characters. Warlock and one of Brian's favorite X-Men
1: characters. Warlock the Sword? Warlock and Magic. Yeah. Yeah. So... Doug Ramsey is one of the chosen people and Warlock is the sword that he will wield, 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 wield. Um, Doug
0: Ramsey, who just had that great moment of not being able to fight in the empire crossover. correct.
1: And like, but his, uh, he's like, I know I'm not a fighter, but I can't ask someone else to stand in for first of all. We don't know if they'll accept a substitute. Second of all, I can't ask somebody else to potentially die for me. Yeah. Right. So magic takes it upon herself to try and train him as best she can.
0: Yeah. Part of me wonders if Doug won't be, I mean, there's, there's the reason against this. He's kind of the obvious. Oh, Hey, he gets reset on the multiversal reroll table. Right. But like the flip side of that is if he goes, then presumably warlock goes, and what happens if you have to reroll them both at the same time? And well, that's, that's yeah. some math that like, I am curious to see what that would yield in a way that makes me think maybe that is something we'll actually get. So
1: I see, I see two choices here, right? One is, yeah, that's, that's kind of an, and they, they, they're definitely leading you down that path, right? Because like at at the end of this, Magic is like, yeah, you've gotten a lot better, blah blah. blah. And he was like, so you like you think I stand a chance? And she's like, no, absolutely not. If you pick up a sword and go into this fight, you'll get you're 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 gonna get killed. Like, not because she doesn't, but like it's the children of Apocalypse who took Apocalypse down yeah. to the mutants like magic who can combat have can't stand up against. So. It's just that who they're going up against is that caliber of whoever, right, yeah, so, so the obvious the obvious thing is that you know Doug's gonna die and get brought back in some different incarnation, right, yeah. The other way that I see this going, and by the way, Krakoa is really against Doug going <laughs> yeah because Doug is essentially his voice, right, um. The other way I see this going is there's a very specific reason that Warlock is his sword, and that it's not going to be a combat encounter. Yeah, it's going to be something else where Warlock is very much gives him a distinct advantage.
0: I also think there's an advantage to Doug going that is so like not brought up that makes me think it's going to be important later. Mm-hmm. If Doug can talk to Krakoa, yeah. Doug can talk to Irako.
1: Correct. Yes yeah and the other thing that he mentions is as he's fight at, at the end of this as he's fighting magic is he starts to understand and read that her body language is uh, specifically in combat is functioning as a language which yeah. he's beginning to understand, right yes, so it makes me think that that could be something as well, but regardless, yeah. there's a lot of magic in this, and I really like it, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah,
0: magic and warlock we need more of both. Cable number five. Meanwhile, along the watchtower.
1: <laughs> so, um, oops. Maybe don't power on station space stations, for which you don't know why everyone is gone from. Yeah, uh, you know, you know what this reminds me of, Alex. You know what, powering up the space station where everyone is mysteriously vanished from is like willingly walking into
0: any cabin in the
1: woods. It's a lot like reading from the book, sir.
0: <laughs> nah, I could see some benefits to that.
1: <laughs> I love it. I don't.
0: I don't see what you're getting at, Brian.
1: I'm sure you don't. Um. So, uh, yeah, it turns out that on on this space station, sword they created a gate to somewhere. And okay, I, I, my question was. When I saw these folks, were these things from a technarch society? I remember wondering the same. Okay, because I really just from their ty- their kind of appearance, right? I really got the the put that like they're not like warlock, right? Where they're the clearly the bioorganic technology type thing. Yeah. But there was just something about them that made me kind of lean in that direction, ish, maybe. I yeah, know, I rem-
0: I, I remember wondering the same, but I don't remember why I wondered the same.
1: But, uh, so, yeah, so Cable pulls the plug on it, and, um, they manage to destroy all the creatures that have come through, which are very human esque, but not, um, the other thing I did notice, and this was super curious to me, did you notice their feet? No, Brian, I'm not into that. Well, I'm not either, but there was <laughs> one page that, like, just the way it was, the the characters were presented, the angle and all that, like their feet. They essentially, most of them look like they had two toes, which looked a lot like Nightcrawler to me.
0: Huh, I wonder, and I wouldn't have thought this at the time because we we learned this, I think, more clearly in X-Men 13. But there's that talk in X-Men 13 of the the place that attacked Arako in the first place being like this rift between worlds. Yep. I wonder if this gate isn't tied into that same place.
1: Uh yeah, that would certainly make a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cuz so, like if it's if it's tied into where the forces that originally attacked um Okara and split Okara into Arako and Krakola, if it's tied into where they came from, that would also make it make sense why are we spending time on a sword base in Ten of Swords.
1: Correct. Um but uh I yeah, so Cable's able to pull the plug, pull, his, pull the sword of Galador out and uh uh basically then he takes it and does show up, you know, it is the sword that he is to wield in the contest. Yeah. Um can I say how much I love the art in this book specifically uh how Scott and Gene are drawn? It's very good. Gene is just beautiful in this book. Mhm. Yeah. Um it, yeah, so, yeah, that pretty much takes care of that one. Um, I do like Magic's comment because uh, Cable shows up and says, uh, yep, here I am with my new sword, the Light of Krakoa. <laughs> and her comment is, you told me it had a different name when you were in outer, from outer space. Don't change your sword name. That's lame. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, So, yeah, so we get another, We you know, we... Basically, get another character in position. Um, I, I will say I, I do have this, I do have this image in my mind because basically, the end of every one of these issues, right, is the new person coming and putting their sword on and activating the rune for them, and all the previous people are still there, right? So I just get this, this, this impression of you know, like magic's been standing on this thing with her sword and and Wolverine next to her for like you know five days now. <laughs> <laughs> like just standing there can you people please hurry up i mean we probably should
0: point out that from like creation number one yeah. to the fight they've
1: got what 48 hours yeah it's like it's like two to three days yeah, yeah.
0: It's, mostly it's, it's just a really good thing all of them have gates they can take everywhere except apocalypse who still has to take a jet to egypt uh
1: yeah so um yeah but that that pretty rep Pretty much wraps up uh, our cable story. Yep. Um, our then next we one... get to Excalibur. Oh, wow! This one was this one might have been kind of the mediest as far as a lot happening and trying to understand what was going on.
0: Which makes sense because, like, Otherworld is
1: Excalibur territory, and it and this takes place completely there. Yeah.
0: So, before we get deep in here, Mm -hmm. one of the things we haven't talked a lot about is, in each book, there's a page or two about the different swords. Yeah. And early on in this one, we see the, the data sheet for the Sword of Might. And there was a detail in here that I read and I went, Huh? Place of origin. Unknown, however presumed to be from Galador.
1: I saw that as well.
0: Yes. So it and the light of galador are both
1: space knight swords like why is this presumed to be from galador i, I wonder
0: if it's some like old piece of marvel history errata
1: i want well and and like right it says uh, said by roma to be forged in the fires of creation and tempered by the power of the universe so like yeah that's that's weird i don't know I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm doing a quick Google search, and like every result I get is specifically talking about this event. So I don't even know how to like go back and find. Was this was this always a thing?
1: I don't know, but um, you know, uh, Captain Britain being uh, Betsy, right, was already at uh, the the Citadel of Light with uh, Saturnine and Jamie and Brian both show up. Brian has with him the sword of might and Jamie is of course wearing the um cloak from sinister. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> I was super happy to see that. Yeah. Uh, um and <laughs> Jamie uh, Jamie is clearly also um uh thirsty for saturnine.
0: So thirsty. Unfortunately for him, Saturnine is thirsty for someone else.
1: Yeah, that would be for Brian. <laughs> um, so that's a lovely little. One. Of course, Jamie doesn't care. He just, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, but um, I feel like Jamie doesn't care. It's just Jamie's default. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, there's a big conflict between Brian and Betsy because Brian is essentially saying, yeah. You can turn the amulet back over to me and, you know, I'll be Captain Britain again. And she's like, what makes you think I want to? And he has brought for her the sword of might. His thinking was he would show up and Betsy would take the amulet or uh, Betsy would give him the amulet and take the sword of might. Right. Right. And she's like, No. And so they actually even get into an actual fight about it in Saturday Which, like,
0: obviously, having read this now, like, oh yeah. there's an asterisk on that. Uh-huh. But I will also say that fight was really the first place where I was like, are these two up to something? This feels extreme for them. And then it turned out they were, in fact, up to something.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I do enjoy a good 2 uh, By game. the way, um, Brian, because he is wielding the Sword of might. Uh, has a new title now. Since he is not yes. Captain Britain.
0: He is now Captain Avalon, protector
1: of Jamie, <laughs> of the entire Braddock family. To be fair, um,
0: yeah, but mostly the one who rules Avalon, right? Yeah,
1: sure, sure, sure. Um, and then we get the uh, the other uh, Captain Britain. The only existing members of the Captain Britain Corps now, which are these odd Rogue and Gambit and Jubilee and Richter, is it yeah. Richter?
0: Richter. Yeah. yeah. I'm so mad about the Jubilee Captain.
1: <sighs> yeah, because uh, Jamie doesn't deal well with being attacked by them, and uh, ends the Jubilee one.
0: I hope she's okay and just gets like a cool eye patch or something.
1: But uh, that leads to, um, you know, them them basically fighting them and everything else, Uh, that's when Brian draws the sword and becomes, well, (laughs) technically, I love how this happened. Brian was refusing to draw the Sword of Might.
2: Uh Uh-huh. And so,
1: um, essentially, uh, Gambit throws a card at him, and it hits the scabbard, and essentially dissolves the scabbard, so the only thing he's left holding is the sword. So he's drawn it. Yep and that's when he becomes Captain Avalon. I love it. Um and um Saturnine essentially after this says, "Okay, yeah, no. Basically all of the all of the Captain Britain Corps at this point, these three plus Betsy are invalid and corrupt and we're going to hold them in prison until we figure out what what how they can face justice." And da, 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 da. and she's like, "So you can turn over the amulet to me now." And Betsy's like, no, I don't think so. And <laughs> destroys it. Yep. So the amulet of right is gone now. Um, which does not sit well with Saturnine at all. So she's because like, now you know she what? can't
0: make more captains, Britain.
1: Right. So she's like, you know what? Um, that's the way that Roma and Merlin did it. So now that I'm going to be in charge of choosing who they are, um, I'm going to come up with a new way. And she essentially draws uh from the life force of the Starlight Citadel itself to form a new sword. Uh and I believe the Starlight Sword. Yes. Right? And um, Which is
0: of course a reference to Android Webber's Starlight Express. <laughs> wow.
1: Um so she creates this and says that she is going to give it to Brian so that he can become the first new captain britain again uh and he said okay and she's like yeah but before that why don't you come keep me company and so while brian is over um distracting her um betsy comes in and picks up the starlight sword <laughs> and becomes the new captain britain or you know remains the captain britain I guess. Yep. and uh now has the starlight sword which is what she needed to fight in the in the battle yeah, and she and Brian go and join the circle, and it turns out both of them are sword wielders. For yep, two of the ten sword wielders. So Brian has the Sword of Might, and she has the Starlight Sword. Love it. And that takes us to X Men thirteen, where which by so just to point out at this oh. point, so now that leaves three. There are three unclaimed spots.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, well, X Men thirteen is gonna clear up one of those spots because yeah, we heal up Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. and uh, get some lore of Krakoa, Arako, and Okara. We do. And the mask that possesses its wearer and basically pushes all this bloodshed forward.
1: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I thought I think this was very telling for overall where this story's gonna go, right? is we have Genesis, who was uh, Apocalypse's wife, right? Yes. Um, who, when they're split, basically says, uh, we're going to seal the breach. Uh, Arako will hold as long as we stand, as long as we breathe, right? Watch us in Sabanur. Uh, we will show you what a mutant does for their people. And he says, I want to go with you. And she, her response is, and yet we both know you can't, my love. You're not strong enough. Yeah. Stay. Use what time we buy you to make this world into something that can stand against our enemy. So literally, the reason they left him behind was to all the things that he did in creating and strengthening and testing and bringing the mutants of Earth, you know, of our Earth to the point that they're at, in hopes that they are strong enough to stand against this enemy.
0: Yeah. There's even... Does she have another line, another line a little bit further past that?
1: Uh, well, she's, uh, judge them is what she says. So that they, that you will become what we need. See that only the fittest remain.
0: That's that like, see that only the fittest remain feels like suddenly the, 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 I mean, that's his whole, his whole, yeah, that's his whole M.O.
1: Yeah, that's his
0: thesis statement.
1: Yeah. So like yeah you get the fe- you you now understand what his motivation was for all that he did, right? Yeah. And so, you know, now th- now that he feels essential, then we see him travel to Egypt, go in, and we see the 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 four sarcophagus of these people who were the original horsemen where he makes the comment of, you know, I built this as a a, a pyramid as a monument to the dead but now I know it's a monument to the living because they're not dead. They're still alive. Mm-hmm. And so he smashes it and takes the four pieces of his sword and puts it back together. Yeah. So do we know
0: who the two missing swordsmen are?
1: Um, I feel like we know one of them. Uh, We do. One of them is Gorgon, right? Okay. And I that's mentioned in, I think back in X-Factor number four, when Polaris gives out the... The prophecy or of who they are um, because I think she, basically they kind of identify them there, right? At, it's on the text page, right? Um, where it says uh, you know, the first one eight years gone, blah 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 Oh, Yana seemed to snatch this up pretty quick It's the comments from somebody, right? It's like, Nightcrawler, oh, this, one's, I think. this one's Cable, etc. Uh, we get Warlock and Doug, this one has to be Storm Uh, I'll be honest, this one stumped me a little, but Logan seemed to identify it. Um, I'm not sure I got anything special about this one, but it seems like the Braddock twins. uh, Oh, and then Ego Death and Broken Stone, two wars waged by one champion alone. Gorgon showed up pretty quickly when he heard we were talking swords, and he's positive this one's for him. Someone else can talk him out of it if they want. And then we have a father forsaken, a husband betrayed, and that's obviously two dots, right? Yeah, and that's all we have. They don't identify the last in the prophecy, which I thought was super interesting. I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at preview pages and for for Stasis, and I don't see, I don't see anyone unaccounted for. Although there is a variant cover that has a character who is not accounted for that would make sense.
1: So yeah, if you look through this prophecy, there are nine who are named. Yeah. Huh. So I think they're leaving one unidentified on purpose for right now. Gotcha. I can't state as to why that is, but there we go. Well, and that I bet we learn. Us, yeah, that catches us up to where we are. That uh, brings us to next week's uh, ten of swords stasis number one.
0: Yep, which is the halfway point.
1: Which is exact. Yeah, that's that's halfway through this. So um, yep. clearly, we're going to get you know the last reveal of who it is. The the fight is going to start, and then, you know, the second half of this is going to be the actual contest, and what else is really going on, and, you know, how <laughs> how the contest is going to be a distraction from what really has to be taken care of. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, the those people coming through, the enemy. I would imagine they have to fit into this somewhere, because that was all purpose, yeah. right?
0: Well, we've also had data pages on every realm in Otherworld yes. without seeing most of them correct so i wonder if there's going to be like a, a what's the reality show amazing race kind of factor where like they're having to traverse other world as they do it I'm... yeah
1: i was thinking that or um like a uh, contest of champions right where they're all uh uh or secret see, i guess it was secret work where there's like the world that's kind of put together and they have battle to battle world yeah battle you where they have to fight in different areas right
0: yeah. Alright. Is it still good or why does Alex do this
1: to himself? Yeah. Yeah, you heard everything I read this week, folks. So this yeah. is all
0: Alex. Once in Future number twelve, Nimu shows up to show Percy how to also be uh 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 Oh, what was the bad CGI movie with Angelina Jolie? Beowulf. Yes, thank you. Uh Something Is Killing the Children number eleven, the leader of the bureaucracy that uh or the organ the bureaucratic organization that erica works for decides it's time to send in the cavalry and that's a bad thing seven secrets number three um i'm starting to get the feeling that maybe this whole first arc is kind of like origin story and i'm digging it uh we see the son of the previous holder uh, or previous keeper auditioned to become the new holder Aquaman 64. uh, It's like a major battle on your wedding day. Batman. 101. that's ironic
1: or not. (laughs) Uh,
0: Batman 101. Batman and Selena have an important conversation. And then more importantly, Grifter shows up. Yeah, Batman at one point turns to Grifter. He's like, I know who you work for. You mean Lucius Fox? No, who you really work for. And tell them I know about Halo. I don't know what's going on. But then there are like storm clouds behind Grifter as Batman swoops away and like, are we getting some sort of weird Stormwatch thing going on in Gotham? I don't know. I'm very excited. I need more. I love Grifter. Batman and the Outsiders number 17. This is one of the strongest last issues of a series that I have ever read. Wow. Um, It is very much an epilogue kind of issue. And every character in it. I want to see what comes next for them. Catwoman number 26. The Penguin hires an, an assassin named Father Valley to kill Selina. Uh, and Selena decides to take down a drug trafficker. Strange Adventures number 6. Mr. Terrific and Alana have an earnest conversation about oh. their dead children. Ugh. Oh. Did you read you didn't
1: read this one? I have We've not yet. I it, it it's okay. one of the ones I was hoping to get to.
0: The last page of this. I'm not going to say what, but just oh the last page of this. Okay. Um uh, then they take a month off. Superman number 26. Um Superman continues his letting everybody air their grievances. Tour and we learn about the secret protections the Justice League installed in the Daily Planet, which are only secret because Perry White emailed everyone and not everyone read his memo. Uh. Wonder Woman number 764. Wonder Woman and Maxwell Lord reenact Miami Vice, and Maxwell Lord is up to shady shit. Gasp. Shocker. Stillwater number two. Um, we see Tommy, I think that's his name go on trial for being an outsider in Stillwater and his mother also have to deal with the consequences of having sent him away and letting him return. Um, amazing Spider-Man number 50 and 50 point LR, uh, 50 C Spider-Man go to Dr. Strange for help with, uh, His spider buddies who have been possessed by Kindred, as Norman Osborn tells us who Kindred is. Oh. In 50 Point LR, Norman makes a plan to bring someone into the picture to try to reason with Kindred, while Spider Man has to deal with everyone attacking him. So, quick aside on these, uh, if you read the back matter in 50 Point LR, The Last Remains issues after this one are really not going to focus much on Spider-Man, Peter Parker, but will focus on Norman and the other Spider-People, the Order of the Web, I think they were called. Oh, right, yeah. Um, While the not-point-LR issues will be more about Spider-Man. Also, you kind of need to read these issues as being like, a pair of issues that are non-linear because parts of 50 point LR, the Spider-Man parts of 50 point LR happen before the Spider-Man parts of, well, between the Spider-Man parts of 50, there's a time jump, but all of the Norman stuff happens after 50. It's a little, a little confusing at first, but it does all eventually line up. If you just take the two together as being non-linear. Okay. Uh, avengers 37 the only thing that this book needed more than it already had was moon knight becoming the phoenix captain marvel number 22 you remember the future from captain marvel the end yeah carol goes to visit Boy. daredevil number 23 daredevil and spider-man make amends after tormenting Wilson Fisk and the new kingpin appointed by Mayor Fisk. And this book has just the best hug in it. Uh, Immortal Hulk number 38, significantly less hugging than Daredevil. The leader makes his plans and himself known as he launches three, three attacks at once. Iron Man number two. Tony needs to start paying Hellcat if he's going to use her as a therapist, or just needs to start doing the emotional labor himself. One of the two. Uh PSA, guys, the women in your lives are not just there to do the
1: emotional labor for you.
0: Juggernaut number I mean, two. I mean you
1: would see why Tony would be bad at not realizing that.
0: Yes, I, I understand, and I think okay. it's a, a good issue for it, but like the best as with number one, the best parts of it are Hellcat calling him on his bullshit. Yeah. Also at some point, Brian, I'm going to need you to give me the history of the Korvac Sava saga, because apparently that's gonna be important, and I don't know who the fuck Korvac is other than I've heard of the Corvex saga, okay um juggernaut number two remember how we speculated that there would be a different angle on the juggernaut versus the Hulk fight? Yeah, the end game of the fight is to cage the Hulk long enough for everyone in this small town where they fight to air their grievances with him at which point Juggernaut has an identity crisis and realizes he is no better than the Hulk himself. And then the Hulk teleports away, because he just wanted to embarrass Juggernaut publicly. Spider-Woman, number five. Uh, everybody in Spider-Woman's life sucks, and I'm glad she finally fucking calls Carol Danvers. Good. Uh, Venom, number 29. We learn the secret history of Codex, and it's sad. And also, I need an entire book that is, uh venom's son's mother as venom and spider-man teamed up together because those two are a fun pair the vein number one this is a new ongoing from oni about blood bank robbing vampires the fbi agent trying to investigate them and what happens when all of them instead end up fighting in world war ii a twist i did not see coming the devil's red bride
1: um what if mulan but bloody i'm glad i picked that one up i picked up the vein too i just haven't gotten either one of those yet. heist or how to steal a planet number
0: seven uh sometimes when you are Uh, a con man hated by the entire world that you're accidentally responsible for selling to evil space amazon uh the only people you can rely on are your dog and your robotic bird sarah and the royal stars number eight we learned some family history and secrets and realized there is a lot more going on than what we thought shadow service number three um sometimes you have to let the right ones in vagrant queen a planet called doom number five we finally see brother John unmasked this week's books to read there this week's books to read sex criminals number 69 the last issue of sex criminals three years and three months into the future of the series i'm mostly just mentioning it because like i feel like the hiatus happened and then the last two issues to come out were both delayed a little bit and i just don't want anyone who's looking forward to it to miss it there you go Colonel Weird Cosmogog
1: number 1. Yeah, this is uh by far the strangest character that exists in Black Hammer, and uh uh hopefully this is going to give us a bit more of his backstory and and what happened. Yeah, this was another one that was scheduled like way back in like March or something and yeah. got got pushed way 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 out and now we're finally going to get it. Yep. Giga
0: number 1. I think this was originally solicited for May. Yeah. Um, And I believe has set the record for the most pre-ordered vault book. The number one has already sold out at distributor level and has been sent back for a second printing. Um, It's about a society built on, like, the dead husks of old mechs. Wind number five.
1: Yeah, so this was, uh, uh, this is the last issue of this first trade or arc. so this is the one that was i think it was a kickstarter project right
0: i don't think so it was was announced or if it was that's news to me Um, but i think it was just i think it was just announced as an original graphic novel okay as a as like a
1: ogn only right yeah and they decided to put it out in in single issues And so they split it into five and this is the, so this is the final issue of that first, uh, that first uh, trade there. And then you were telling me before the show that they're going to try and continue because originally they had said it was going to be three OGNs. Yes. So
0: this is where I will suggest if you are a fan of James Tynan or just reading anything he's writing, you really want to subscribe to his newsletter cuz you get a lot of like information about what his plans are and things like that in it. Um and this is where this information comes from. So this was originally planned to be a ser- a series of I believe 3, it might be 4, but I'm like 90% sure it was 3 graphic novels. Um and they were going to come out annually. And that's still the plan, but with the asterisk that they're going to, as they did with this arc, when each graphic novel is done, go ahead and release five issues, and then put out the graphic novel. Yeah. So they said, think of it as like an annual event for the next couple of years. Yeah,
1: so, a uh, super, super good book. Um, I've read the first four of them, I think, first three, something like that. Yeah. And they are really, really good. I enjoy them very, very much.
0: Yeah, and like... I don't think we've got time for this whole conversation, nope. but I think that we're going to see it become more common to have these sort of untraditional publishing schedules. Actually, Chew is going to do the same thing. Um, Chu's going to be like once a year a new five-issue arc comes out.
1: And we may talk about it a little bit next week when we do solicitations because there's some interesting things going on there.
0: Yeah, um, But I think we're going to see creators doing more stuff that's geared toward writing a whole graphic novel and then maybe splitting it up or maybe not. Yep. I agree. Um last one, by way of PSA, uh the Marvel series that I was most worried would not come back from the hiatus. On Friday, Marvel announced would be out this Wednesday. Uh runaways number thirty-two. So if you are reading runaways, we're reading one away runaways, want more runaways uh because that last arc ended in a really dark place um this is the beginning of the new arc this is the build-up to the hundredth total issue of runaways which will be number 34 and yeah it's out this week i'm assuming that they that they're just having diamond ship the same number of copies of number 32 as stores ordered for number 31 seems to be how stuff like this normally happens on these surprise releases well and
1: they uh stores should have put in orders for even for this issue way way back right yeah well it really depends
0: i don't know right. if i don't know if those because a lot of those solicitations Diamond cancelled, even if, like, online shops
1: do Oh, that's true. Yeah, so uh, who knows? Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's it's really up in the air. It may be, like you suggest, that they've passed those on. It may be that Marvel just said, yeah, send them one of these for each issue of 31. In any case, if this is a book you're reading, keep an eye out. Maybe give your comic shop a heads up that, hey, I definitely am still interested in reading this and want it. Yeah. If you do. Yeah. All right. Alright, that's it. Uh this was another long one this week.
1: Ooh yeah it was.
0: As always, thanks to Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can find us on our website at panelologypodcast.com on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology. Uh bit.ly slash panelology merch, capital P capital M for merch, or bit.ly slash panelology mailbag, capital P capital M to send us correspondence.
1: I'm Alex and I am Brian go read comics like I need to do a lot of this week